ran out of beer and I'm just drinking high noons. This is product placement. I, no hate. I got a margarita truly six pack the other day and I drank them all, but I didn't have a good yeah, time. Yeah, it's a bit much currently, <laughs> but that's what I got. Yeah. So. so tonight we're talking about Apocalypse 3 Tribulation, starring Gary Busey and Howie Mandel. Um, Alistair, Ryan, how'd you guys feel about this one? I just got back from church. <laughs> I'm a Gary Busey stan, so this has been a, a dream come true for me. <laughs> I can tell you right now that the corn dog meter is high today. A boy. Did you say you've got a rock hard hard on for God right now? Uh. Um, <laughs> it's more towards uh, towards Gary, but you know, I think <laughs> I think if they're, I think if we watched twenty four more movies like this one, I would be converted. It's a good thing there's like eight of these movies, so yeah, we can just watch this one twenty four more times. <laughs> Yeah, we just changed the whole. That's the actually. That's the challenge. <laughs> we have to watch this movie twenty four more times. <laughs> yeah, so I don't really know where to start with this movie compared to a matter of faith. It's way more dense. This is like Dune, and <laughs> a matter of faith is like. Uh, I can't even think of a sci fi movie bad enough. Well, it's because it wasn't a yeah. sci-fi movie. It was like, this is Dune, and that was Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, There's a lot going on in this movie, but I think it's worth the effort. So if, if you guys want to try to maybe give a quick log line, like two sentences, like what is Apocalypse 3 Tribulation about? I can do it in five words. Gary Busey saves the world. Wow. That's it. Why did you get to go first? Why do I follow up with that? That's not fair. Fuck you. I told you, dude, I'm a stan. I've been dreaming of this day. Uh, so, Alistair, what's your... Hit me with your logline, man. Uh, human cheetah runs through the metaverse... And uppercuts the Satan who actually is Neo. Yeah. Wow. I I it's sad to me that I understand everything you just said. Like it all <laughs> makes perfect sense in my mind because I've watched this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> um It's got all yeah. the makings of like a nineties hacker film, but then they just put Christian theology on top of it and on and then the cherry on top obviously is Gary Busey as Bruce right. Johnson. Like instead of a hacker, it's like yeah, yeah. Instead of a hacker, it's pot-bellied Gary Busey as Boris <laughs> Johnson, like just kind of fumbling his way through Armageddon. Like we can get into that later, but that's one thing I loved about his character is he doesn't seem to do anything intentionally. Like, no. the whole movie is almost like a two-hour-long, like, Three Stooges bit where he just, like, <laughs> yeah. blindly ping like pinballs from, like, incident to incident. That's, maybe that's, I wonder if I could attend my, uh, you know, yeah, human cheetah Mr. Magoo's his way through <laughs> <laughs> Matrix-type 
How about that? <laughs> right. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the movie. How does the movie uh how do we begin? So the movie starts with a shot of a tree. And that's it. It's like two two minutes long. It's a long ass shot of a tree. Covered in birdhouses. I feel like the birdhouse is slightly askew also, right? Yeah, like swinging in the wind in the most like gothic hand lettered font that they could find, which I, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> that it's just bucolic scenery and then it's just like this hard ass like gangster rap style font. It's like <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like you made that comment when we were first texting about this movie, like, what's up with this 90s gangster rap font in the beginning? And it, like, it's straight out of, like... Straight out of Compton. Yeah, it's, like, straight out of Compton. It's, like, Gangster's Paradise-style, like, Old English lettering. Yeah. See, I, I had a different take on it. I thought it was sort of, like, medieval Robin Hood sort of font. Wow. And even the music was a little bit like fluty and like uh, sort of like magical <laughs> and mystical. And I was like, "Oh damn! Right. Are we like, are we about to get into a period piece here? Like, what? You know, what kind of like road yeah. are we going down here?" Gary Busey is Little John, <laughs> yeah, running through the forest. <laughs> I think that's even better. Like, yeah. So, you know. For those listening, the establishing shot is like a tree in the forest with Robin Hood, like medieval minstrel music playing and like Robin Hood font. So. And I think the thing that's important about this opening shot is that it's literally two minutes of a tree, right? Like you're staring at this tree and the I think the filmmakers are doing that classic thing where they're like they're trying to show you something that's going to be important later. Right. And right, the saying right. the saying in screenwriting goes or in filmmaking goes, if you if you show a gun in act one, it better go off in act three, right? Chekhov's gun, right. And I th I th and I think what's happening here is if you plant a tree in act one, you better have Howie Mandel jump out of it in act three. <laughs> it's Chekhov's tree. Then it like pans down. Yep. And you see a teenage girl talking to her little brothers. She's like carved presumably, their, allegedly. Yeah, presumably, allegedly, she's carved their names into the tree. Is yeah. that is that what yes. she did? Because uh, she can use a knife. She's older, and the little boys are like, "That's great." I have to piss really bad. Like one of them's <laughs> like, "I have to pee so bad." And she's like, well, before that, like, before we get to you peeing, I need to talk about this tree. And she talks about the tree for so long that this kid straight up pisses in his khaki shorts. Yeah. And not, like, a little bit of piss. Like, I rewatched <laughs> it before we started this, and, like, they made sure that there was piss dropping <laughs> off of it. <laughs> khaki sleeves like there's literally drops of piss in the shot like dry like dripping from his pants from his shorts uh so there's eileen irene she's the older sister who's carving their names in this tree there's tom 
who's yep. who becomes Gary Busey. And there's, <laughs> as we all dream to be. I like how he has to work up to it. He's yeah, got to work up to becoming. It's got a lifelong ambition. Train his whole life. You got to drink about a six pack a day. I still hope to be. Dude, I mean, looking at that sh- gut later on. Shoot a six gun. And then there's Calvin, who gets absolutely fucked. Yeah, he gets donked later on, but he's the pants pisser. And like now that we're talking about it, it's fucking sad, man. God damn! Like what a what a character arc. That's what a life, man. Like what a life. And then it time jumps, like Ryan was just saying, like thirty years in the future, and Gary Busey and his siblings are like telling the story around a breakfast table. Yeah. Like this guy Calvin who pissed his pants in this memory has literally just woken up. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like right away in the morning they're like humiliating. Him. And by the way, remember piss pants? Remember that? Remember that story? Remember old piss pants over here? But he's in denial. He's piss in denial. pants Carbonaro, whatever his last name As is. As an adult, he just totally fucking shut it out that's why oh, that's like, true i think therapy is needed because he you know we just saw this happen this is the truth this is what happened he's like no he's I like didn't. i didn't do it you did well, my older brother with like you know a strong bladder like peed in his shorts in the woods you know it doesn't make any sense he's coming across as like a lunatic at this point but right well i but you i know, feel maybe a contrapoint no go I'm... ahead I was just going to say, the clo- the movie is kind of like close third person on Gary Busey. Like, what if in the beginning we're seeing Gary Busey's repressed memory of the event? Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, like, we're seeing like, a Busey vision? Yeah, it's like a Busey vision memory of the oh. event. Oh. Right? Here's an even and crazier. Here's an even crazier thought. We haven't introduced Howie Mandel yet. But Harry Mandel shows up in this scene. What if that and Harry Mandel, I don't know if I should give away the ending, but Harry Mandel, in fact, is in the tree in Act 3. What if the opening is actually Harry Mandel's memory that we see? Oh, my God. Because he was in the tree watching them? (laughs) And masturbating? (laughs) And masturbating? In one of the birdhouses? How old is Howie then? Has he just been time jumping this whole time? Well, he was an early masturbator. <laughs> that's, that's why there were so many birdhouses, because he he didn't know what to do with all the cum. <laughs> I don't know what to do with he it all. A, he would build a birdhouse three times. <laughs> I only brought up three jars of peanut butter. What, what am I supposed to do? Man, what an insane cover-up. Yeah, his strategy was he would put peanut butter on his nuts in the tree and wait for birds to peck it off. And that's... that's they how, peck it off? They peck it off. And that's how he got his rocks off. God, that's how he gets his rocks out of there. And he didn't, and he didn't want to be... He didn't want to be caught, so he would build a birdhouse for each time he needed to jack I built a birdhouse, okay? You know, it's funny. I didn't know Howie Mandel was in this movie when I first started watching it. But whenever his character first came out, 
I recognized him from his earrings. Ah, dang. See, yeah, he's always been a, an earring. I didn't dude. recognize him because yeah, he had he, hair. Really? Yeah, so I saw his name. I saw his name in the title sequence. It's like, oh shit, Howie Mandel's in this. And then he showed up on screen and yeah. he was like, I wonder when Howie Mandel shows up. You guys know why he's bald, right? Because he's a germaphobe. He's so afraid of of germs and stuff that he's not naturally. I don't think he's naturally bald. He shaves. He's shaved bald. Oh man. Um, and there's a part. There's a video out there where a guy tries to force him to shake his hand, and Howie Mandel runs away because he doesn't touch people. He's he's very. I, like, I knew that. I'm sure he like that. freaked out. I didn't out. realize that he was bald because of that. That reminds. It's like there's like an episode yeah. of Always Sunny where Frank like shaves all of his hair off and like slathers himself and in hand sanitizer and just sort of like rolls around in the bar that's like that's howie mandel that's howie damn and that's also how they apply the facial hair in a lot of christian movies <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah that's the old uh a matter of faith casting trick i've read is slather him up and make him roll around make him roll around in pubes just like gary Busey. i would think that hair would like be a shield against that I guess that he thinks it traps microbes and right. He's stuff. a part-time scientist, so it's like it's easier to clean, easier to clean yourself. So I think he's hairless, like he's like a naked mole rat, like not a goddamn hair in his body. He's got that little, you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's aerodynamic. Yeah, that's another word for Vienna sausage dick in my dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As above, so below. <laughs> that lines up perfectly with what Howie Mandel presents to the audience at this point, which is the hundredth monkey effect, right? So, so there's right. this debate going on about the pee pants. Howie Mandel comes shooting out of the basement like fucking sloth from the Goonies. And hey, you guys he decides he's going to like go rogue on this theory, which he doesn't call it this, but this is what it is. It's the hundredth monkey effect, which I looked up. Um, and he explains that, you know, all these monkeys were on this island. They put bananas on the beach and the monkeys washed, you know, one monkey washed the banana, got the sand off. Then all the other monkeys did it. And at the same time, all across the world, all monkeys across the world learn how to do this thing. And it's the the idea is if enough animals in a species learn how to do this thing, then suddenly all of them know how to do this thing. Right. And so this is like this is based on like a real thing. The only problem is it's been debunked and it's been debunked since 1970. And sure. And so the okay. whole movie is actually based on this theory, which is false. So a little bit of a problem for the filmmakers, but I'm sure most people don't look that up. The only thing I really want to add to that, the only thing I want to add to this scene is Howie Mandel tells the story like a total asshole. And it I, it, it kind of blew it my mind. destroys their table, right? He throws all the shit off. <laughs> right. Which... In my mind, it's like actor Howie Mandel is trying to like upstage all these other kind of like no names. He's like, let me show you what a real actor can do. 
I'm just telling you a regular story, but I'm going to throw the thing off the table. I'm going to skip real emotional like this. Like that's, that's what I thought about. That's how I took it too. I was like, how Mandela's trying to show these other people how it's done. Yeah. This is how, how he does it. It was kind of ruined because I, and I think this is starting to like be a trope in Christian film that I've noticed is like, they play like circus music while he's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't want to knock people's physical appearances every time we do an episode. It's going to happen, all right? We're reviewing everything. It's just kind of strange in this age of Marvel bodies. (laughs) Like, to think of a time... To think of a time in filmmaking when your leading man could have this big-ass beer pot belly that, like, straight-up stretches his T-shirt. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Idolize the Chris Evans, the Hemsworth, even the the Femboys, like uh, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. No, Gary Busey's taking it back to like a different time in masculinity, dude. When men were men. I mean, not to go on a a huge tangent about Gary Busey's body or whatever. Yeah, good luck editing that one down. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be weird. I, I mean, I was just trying to say, like, not a bad way, but it's like, no, you're right. And you know, I will say, I looked at Gary Busey's body and I said, this guy fucks. Gary Busey probably does some crazy shit. Like, I can't wait to get home from my job as a cop. <laughs> fucking. I just can't wait. <laughs> I've been coming in birdhouses all day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Gary, you too? <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel good. I yes. gotta keep making new birdhouses. <laughs> God, wow! That's a whole. That's gonna be like a side episode of the subplot where Gary Busey puts Howie Mandel's face on, hides <laughs> in the tree, and jerks off into birdhouses. Okay, hang them up, make me feel real special. <laughs> they call me Elmer because my cum's like blue. <laughs> oh, I put the birdhouses together with my cum. <laughs> If in case that wasn't clear before, <laughs> in case you were wondering, <laughs> what do you think Jesus used nails and hammers? He uses cum. I do it the old way: jerk off on wood, <laughs> lay it down like crest toothpaste. <laughs> Don't squeeze your tube too hard. Before, <clears throat> got to roll up from the bottom. Um. <laughs> My glasses are steeped up. <laughs> Whew, I got the vapors. So, yeah. Before that whole thing. Uh, <laughs> we're like we're five minutes about, into the know, movie. Cr- <laughs> it's ah, and we're 30 minutes stuff. into recording. We're now, 40 minutes into recording. We're miles ahead of the first episode. So, Howie Mandel... Does this crazy stuff. Like, and I think this is a good place to maybe bring up the... And I don't know. I mean, this may may or may not be written into the script. But, like, I think it's interesting how often Gary Busey just sort of riffs on his own. And he doesn't necessarily riff riff like a like a comedic genius might. Like, do, like you know, Larry David might, like, do a whole fucking scene where he's, like, making shit up. Gary just sort of, like throws little words in here and there that don't make any sense that you're like, wait, what? Like, and I think that, that 
that no. could be a little example of that like we don't believe in this and then also this like here's a second thought that happened like two scenes ago that i'm just gonna launch into this conversation i i was wondering that while i was watching it i i was like gary Busey definitely seems like he's improving, but he also doesn't seem to be like interested in like sustaining whatever improvisational course he, he sets out He's bored on. by the, the words are coming out of his mouth. And he's like, oh, fuck. Right. Like he would improv nah. a line and then immediately abandon it. Like, like <laughs> yeah, like that was oh, interesting. That was, that was dumb. That was dumb. That was dumb. Gary. If, we're, if we jump forward in time in the movie, there's, there's a, literally a line where he like goes up to somebody. I think it's his sister. And he's like, What's the problem? Like, he he starts off with a little riff, and then he jumps back into what he's actually supposed to say. And he's like, "What's the problem?" And then before she even answers, he's like, "Never mind. There's an autopsy, and I gotta go." And he literally fucking leaves the scene. So he like asks her a question. He asks her a question, and then she he doesn't give her a second to answer, and then he leaves the scene. It's like it's unbelievable. There's no way. There's no way that that was written. You think like the crew was kind of afraid of Busey and Howie for like their star prowess like oh my god this these guys are the big sellers so if they're gonna do some freaky shit it's like we kind of gotta let him i mean Busey himself is is the definition of loose cannon. yeah dude i mean i think, <laughs> I think yeah. he's such he's such <laughs> well, a wild card that we just that on set they're like all right well he's just gonna sort of go rogue but so long as he shows up every yeah. day, we don't really care what he does. And I've it's like he has a handler like Chris Pratt is there, like <laughs> wrestling the raptor. You yeah. know, they're just like <laughs> he's like working with a wild animal like, all right, something might happen. He might try to bite you. I don't know. Yeah. But it's Gary Busey. So you got to work with them. Yeah, man. I mean. I think Gary Busey makes Nick Cage look like Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Gary Busey, when I was watching him, I was like, this guy is the most like sporadic actor I've ever seen. Like he does stuff that didn't, I like, I don't even understand in the context of the movie. Like he's, and the thing is, is he does it like with, like low, like pretty low energy. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. Alistair's point, like there are absolutely scenes where you can see that he's just sort of losing interest in what he's doing, and you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever get to it, but I guess at some point we'll get to it. But there's like a very specific scene where I like his delivery of the line is so bored and flat. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, it cuts to like an illuminati scene yes like howie mandel has this bizarre ouija board that has no letters on it it just has like a bald eagle <laughs> i didn't even look at the details yeah That's he's like he's just like playing with this ouija board that just has a bald eagle on it <laughs> and he's like moving that around and then it cuts to like there's these five guys and robes. You know what and- I liked. You know what I liked about the demons, uh, besides their acting, which was top notch. 
I loved that they were just basically in the local Marriott conference room. And they just... That's what I thought, too. You thought the they same thing? They just sort thing? of put some little, like, the bad art was on the walls in the background. They just sort of put, like, black yeah, blankets little... around. And I was like, oh, wow, that is really, really awesome. And yeah, and then they, and then they fuck, they fuck this, like, blobbish, open-minded teacher. Um, right. Who's like, you know, their symbol is, like, basically the Leaning Tower of Pisa. He's reading some book with this symbol on it. Right. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it's the Franco Marco Lusso book. Yeah, it's, it's it's like Babel becomes one. And, and 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 this guy, they basically, as Alistair said, they f- they fuck his mind to the point where they treat fuck they they trick mind. him into trying to kill his wife. But not only that, he he mentions for the first time that he needs to free the world of the haters. And he rips he his Bible his his wife is like just casually reading the Bible before she goes to bed, like a novel. And Tim Tucker suddenly goes, Oh, oh! That's that's the clip that I would like to see, and I think I even timestamped that. Let's one. add that here. Can we please yeah, put it's that like, in? <laughs> Yeah. That guy has never acted in his life, and this was his moment to shine, and he fucking shined. <laughs> Guys, do you think we're fucking his mind too much? <laughs> I'm kind of worried about everything we're doing to his brain. Jesus, I know we're the bad guys, but look at this. Well, you know what they say: what happens at the Marriott Hotel stays yes. at the Marriott. That's what I love to see, like. Gentlemen, thank you for meeting me at this Holiday Inn Suites. Did, did everyone get their room cards? So, so <sighs> as this, so as as this mindfuckery is going on, Gary Busey, or I guess he he doesn't get the call personally, but he hears on the radio that there's like a domestic thing happening which i don't know who calls that i guess a neighbor calls it in there's a 666 in progress yeah oh nice uh (laughs) so he he gets in his car and he says one of my favorite lines of the movie which there are many but this is a really fun one that i love he gets in his car he hears the thing and he gets on the radio and he says i'm one half of a block away and now i've never heard one half well, I'm one block. half of a block away. I'm one half of a block away. And if you're driving a whole half of a block. If you're driving your car, do you know how there. long that takes you to get there? By the time he's right. done with that like, sentence, he might as well just park. He should have just said I'm looking for parking. Like I'm there. He's like, I oh shit, I can see the guy jumping out the window right now. All right. I'm there. I'm one well, I'm one half of a block away. Like that makes no fucking like he's there he's literally there and he but he has right. to get on the yeah. thing and say this line and again i have to imagine that this is a this is Busey riffing this is a riff straight off the brain and right into yep. our ear holes he's done the cop stuff he's been in there he knows how to use the radio he was in point break <laughs> yeah. dog like i mean wee wee i'm a pee pee Wee wee, I'm a pee pee pee. Wee wee, I'm a pee pee. 
Toasty dudes. Yeah, me too. I'm not gonna lie, I've had. I'm on my fourth Narragansett. Had a little whiskey. Then a yeah, little Hornet. We're getting back to first episode uh, tangent <laughs> yeah. level. I can tell. I can tell that's where we're at. Well, Ryan brought this up, and that it's just that this movie is better. Yeah, it's better. It's, it's a better got, film. Are we starting? Worse. Are we here? Are we back? We're always here, baby. Everything's uh, worth. I'll cut it in all in and out, you know. But no, it's a better movie. I mean, the f- a matter of faith fucking sucked, dude. Like the best part of that was Jay Pickett's weird ass face. Like the R.I.P. This R.I.P. I mean, rest in peace. Do you think his face looks like that in heaven or? <laughs> Like, not to be a dick, but like... If I believed in heaven, I would imagine that your face goes back to your natural state. They, like, de-stretch it yeah, before it goes you, to but the... You, St. Peter's like, oh, well, but well, you well look how you, right, you look how you think you should look. Like, your perception of yourself. You get those clothespins. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you went to heaven... Oh, if you so went you... to heaven and you looked fucking ugly as shit, you'd be like, come on, man, like... Like you gotta live like this for all of eternity. But what if you think you look awesome? Well, that's what though. I think. That's what I think is like. And everybody else in if heaven. I, again, if I believed in heaven, you're... right? Yeah, if I believed in heaven, I think you would go to heaven. Your face would go back to normal, sort of. But you would think you look fucking awesome. Right. Do you? So you don't believe? Like, do you not believe in any afterlife, no. Ryan? A true meat sticker. You just think, yeah. Like, a true meat stink sticker thinks that when you're dead, you're dead. Interesting, man. What's the What's the it's Bible say about like, you know, dust to dust or dust whatever? Dust to dust. Yeah, ashes to ashes, dust yeah. to dust, whatever. Yeah. Which is funny because don't the ancient Greeks didn't they think that you just went to this like gray world where you just ate dirt? <laughs> yeah. Like, like a, the you know, like a I love soulless, it. like Let's mindless, dirt, like baby. dirt The ancient Greeks, just, they like took it doesn't to matter the what you do, right? Yeah, they were like, bad. it was like, no matter what you do, like you go to this really shitty afterlife. Like it's, it's kind of bizarre. Like, you know, we have this debate, like, is there afterlife? Is there not? And that creates this kind of dichotomy. But the ancient Greeks were like, there is an afterlife and it sucks. <laughs> so it's like the worst of both worlds. It sucks and it's inevitable <laughs> right. no matter what your right. personal journey is. But I kind of, you know right. what, though? You're like, fucked. I kind of love that because... Which is crazy. I, I, like, to me, personally, I believe, like, because there is no afterlife, you have to, like, do the best that you can right now you have to be be nice to people like you know if everybody my thought is like if everybody believed that this is it people would be nice to each other people would like treat each other well and to me that's sort of like what the greeks are getting at it's like when you die you just go to this gray place where you eat dirt so like live it up now so because later on it's just gonna kind of suck so you know maybe they were the original meat sticks who knows uh Uh, where go ahead (laughs) 
who yeah. called the guy fat blobby teacher oh yeah that's me <laughs> fat blob okay yeah okay that reminds me so we left off with tim tucker can we okay. get out of this room we gotta get we gotta leave them right we gotta go away from the knife stuff yeah wait go wait. away have we finished with tim I tucker and so. the why did you call him fat blobby teacher? I know, he wasn't, like, he wasn't even that he wasn't fat. Even a fat blob. Well, so <laughs> so they, they're like crazy. making, you know, they're in the Marriott. They're making a big deal out of this person that they're going to fucking, they're going to like take over. Teacher, and they show this guy sort of like hunched over in bed. And he's like, you know, when you're in bed, you just kind of look like look shit all the time. Like your body's he's like, jerking off into a your body's like in a weird situation and they show this guy who's like laying there right. he looks like shit sort of Disgusting. and i'm like this guy is the guy that's gonna be like this fuck is mine this is like the guy this is like franco macaluso's guy uh, i don't know his mind is wide his open, mind is wide open but there his must be somebody else you know? he's a mind slut <laughs> he's a mind slut <laughs> he wants it <laughs> Look at him, he's practically asking for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Why, you erase it? Don't erase Fef. <laughs> you can't. We've already seen it, I'm Ryan. not erasing anything. You can't, hide it from, okay. you can't hide it from us or such. <laughs> I don't know. Someone was trying someone... to erase the fat blob note about Tim Tucker. <laughs> just this fat blob. I call, I call him <laughs> Blobby Man throughout. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Blubber man. And, and, to, yeah, and so actually, he, yeah. actually, so here's an interesting point about this. So maybe he's the first subject because, you know, he's not a hunky sort of stretched skin, tight shirt kind of guy. He's just a regular average Joe. <laughs> but like the book he's reading and Franco Macaluso himself, like what... Like what they're talking about, what makes this guy's mind wide open... And this was this was a part of the movie that it was hard for me to wrap my head around. Like the whole time I watched it, this book and Franco Macaluso are basically saying like, if people stopped fighting, the world would be a better place. Right. Right. That's the that's the message of evil, apparently. Right. It's the message of the devil somehow. And you know what would be awesome and so bad? What if people just stopped fighting? Oh. Right. Like, the evil they message did. in this movie is like <laughs> unity. And like, it leads this guy to be susceptible to being mind fucked and trying to kill his wife. <laughs> Like, I'm glad you thought that because me and my four good friends here are gonna fuck your mind. <laughs> oh, you think loving each other is cool? Wait till we're balls deep in your gray matter, Tim Tucker. <laughs> More like Tim Fucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a note. I had sort of had like multiple notes throughout, like as this, because I was sort of, yeah, I mean, I agree. I was waiting for Franco Macaluso's. Uh, like sinister side to show, <laughs> and it's just never did. Like at the as the movie right. goes on, he like starts performing miracles and like that are like amazing for people. Like a guy's missing an arm and suddenly he has his arm back, and uh, like I was just right. waiting for like the bad part to come, and it just sort of never did. I was like, oh, like this is like a modern day Jesus sort of, but he's like, for some reason he's Satan now. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't, I just didn't really. Yeah. But 
you don't call yourself Satan, but you do say, well, what if we improved all this crip, uh, crumbling infrastructure, huh? Hmm. Whoa. Whoa. What if I gave you high-speed internet wherever you wanted? <laughs> oh, my God. What if you could jerk off in any birdhouse up and down the street that you saw? Is this And you devil? could feel okay about it, huh? Yes! Oh, Next thing Follow I know. Franco Macaluso. Are you going to try to give me health insurance? <laughs> Maybe I will. Oh, Maybe what? I will give you health insurance. And guess what? You won't pay a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil. That's evil. Perhaps your tax money won't go to nuclear weapons or... Weapons oh. of mass destruction, but to your health care, to caring for <laughs> the homeless, affordable housing, education. <laughs> Think about it. Think about right. it. Right. I mean, that. so that's the world that Gary Busey lives in. <laughs> I just I just choked. God, this my, guy's fucking evil. <laughs> yeah, Gary Busey lives in a world... Where this guy, Franco Macaluso, <laughs> who is just like trying to make the world a better place, <laughs> is straight up the devil. And he has all these weird satanic sub lieutenants that somehow Maui, Howie, Maui, Maui Handel. <laughs> Maui Handel is perfect. That somehow Maui Handel is interacting with through a Ouija board that only has a bald eagle on it. <laughs> I mean, at this point in the movie, we're like, what, 45 minutes in? Like, Gary Busey gets in this car crash. He gets... I mean, this is one of those things where I felt like my suspension of disbelief was being really strained. He has a head-on collision with an 18-wheeler. And he's okay. Well, he goes into a coma... Right. I mean, so yeah, he he wakes up in his hospital bed, but when he wakes up, that that's like the camera wakes yeah. up. Like we are first person point of view from Gary Busey. He is lifting himself out of the hospital bed and looking at his feet. I I thought it was such an interesting shot that whenever it happened, I paused the movie and was like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, this is way too cool. Well, it's interesting. It's film. interesting because it's just been a standard, like, you know, the point of view has been like a normal movie. And then suddenly, right. suddenly everything changes for a split second. You are Gary Busey. And right. like, you're discombobulated as the audience member, just like he's discombobulated as the coma Busey right. which is amazing because then he gets up and he looks in the mirror and he's got the shaggiest hair and beard that you've ever seen yeah. I mean you know somebody you know it looks like he's got a shaggy hair and beard of somebody who's hasn't cut or shaved their face in like two years I would say so like in the future world everybody who believes in Satan is marked and they have a literal right. tattoo of 666 on their hand. And so Gary, right. the way that he escapes this problem 
is he just he just if somebody comes up to him and is like hey isn't it weird that like you know somebody's getting the shit beat out of him and the homeless guy's getting killed isn't that don't they deserve that and gary will be like hey uh, look over there. There's a guy over there that doesn't have the mark, and then and yeah, then suddenly that guy does. And then now. suddenly it's like a zombie ap- apocalypse movie where all the citizens feel the need to like chase this person down and completely leave Gary to right. his own devices. Which is which is then he, he throws the which is how he ends up there. back in his own house where we learned earlier about his neighbor Mike. Uh, who we wouldn't have never known who was his neighbor Mike unless he explained it. So his neighbor Mike somehow neighbor Mike exists still in the neighborhood, I guess, comes over this time with a gun and like in the future, people are just like looking to rat everybody out. So, so right. neighbor Mike if you don't have this symbol. So neighbor Mike comes over and he's no longer looking to help. He's looking to fucking stir some fucking shit. And uh, Busey says again, hey, look over there. I think somebody's upstairs and they don't have the, the mark on their hand. Neighbor Mike looks. Gary Busey beats the shit out of him. And I sort of forget what happens in the movie after that. Gary Busey goes to the tree and Howie Mandel jumps out. So, <laughs> like... Howie Mandel is not even a part of the origin story that begins the movie. That's why like, I was saying the beginning is actually Howie Mandel's memory. Because that's the only way that this makes any sense at all. Because Howie Mandel is not even a part of the family that goes to this tree. He's a different family. He's married in. It makes no sense that he goes to this tree. So how fucked up is it that 30 years later he's still jerking off in his old tree birdhouses in this tree <laughs> just waiting for someone to show Dude, up? It's dark. It's dark. But that's the world of Franco Macaluso. Like, adult men are climbing trees he and feeding up. off into birdhouses. I mean... You know how much cum can fit in a birdhouse? <laughs> Not much. That's why there's so many. Do you know, Ryan? Uh, uh, the cups you know? wise or... How do you how do get standard birdhouse? Uh, standard birdhouse. How much cum can fit in there? We're just talking standard SBH standard birdhouse to cum ratio. What? It's actually a, it's the ancient way of timekeeping because really you think about it to fill a birdhouse full of cum unless you're like a fucking racehorse, you know. Right. It's gonna take a little bit of time. Right. So it's it's actually it's almost like an old sundial. Yeah. Yeah. If you I think, see how many birdhouses are up there, you're like, oh my god, how he's been up here for six years. You fucking I just counted all the birdhouses. <laughs> right. It's the original hourglass. So Iron Mandel jumps out of this tree, he explains the situation to Gary Busey, which is a bunch of people got raptured. Uh and Franco Macaluso has taken over the world. Somehow, Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse, like they put these Oculus Rift goggles on your head and you become like a devil worshiper. Uh, Howie Mandel doesn't fuck with that, but he hasn't become a Christian. He still uses like this bizarre crystal someone gave him to ward off evil. Uh, but Gary Busey's wife has become a Christian. And she's a part of a Christian resistance movement 
where they instead of like fighting with guns and shit they splice in kind of like southern baptist televangelism <laughs> broadcasts like billy the, graham like yeah billy like... graham into the tv and that's how like they're fighting back against the one world government is like through and meanwhile meanwhile franco can't figure out how to get this television channel off his tv like right. magic exists in the future right everything is possible Mind but powers? he can't figure out how to get this bootleg TV stream off the air. No, and it's so con it's so disconcerting to him. God like damn it. It's I mean now that Alice just said that, it's kind of strange that the number one problem of this dystopian government is like Billy Graham sermons on a public access. <laughs> can't like, believe that, it. That's pretty amazing. If that's your biggest problem, you're doing all right. <laughs> Have you ever thought about sending money to me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus like, no. wants it. No! Billy like, Graham! Turn this thing off. How do you change the goddamn channel on this thing? We've all got mind powers. <laughs> kind of the end of the movie is they've successfully spliced this Gary or this Billy Graham televangelism transmission into the public access network and Franco Macaluso like can't deal with it. And then Gary Busey goes to a church and tells God that he's going to start believing in him. It, I mean, for me, I felt kind of robbed that suddenly the victory condition for the main character was this weird Billy Graham thing that didn't matter before. He was like, stop it. I Stop. Because you could see it's like, um, yeah, it's like somebody watching their hits on their website or something go down. Like he's <laughs> watching it crash. And he's like, no, stop. You must believe in me. You must believe. Ah. Yeah, he's I like melting. That, that was really funny. It was like, no, don't leave me. Don't yeah. leave me. It was very. Uh, like he lost all of his power. Wicked Witch of the West sort of ending. Yeah. Ow, yeah. I have to be honest. Like, Which, I. I sort of just don't remember the ending at all. Like, I don't remember Gary setting traps. I don't really remember him. Like, the end of the movie... He never said like, it? The end of the movie was just so nondescript and, like... I don't know. I felt like it was just sort of, like, removed from the first two-thirds of the movie that, like, as you guys are talking, I'm like, wait, what was that part? What was that part? Like, I, I sort of don't even remember any of it i think that's like that might be evidence of kind of like how open-minded you are you got tim tucker mindfuck yeah yeah you know it's like your corndog mind began to wonder yeah it blossomed right too much. It, it blossomed it was like a corndog and now it's like a corndog cactus <laughs> there's all kinds of different corndogs yeah, I mean, it could, it could like, be, you know, like, I was thoroughly entertained in this movie. Like I said, like, my corndog meter is pretty high on this one. I I would say if we watched this movie 
or something like this movie, you know, 20 some odd more times, I might convert to Christianity, but... <laughs> Wow! You know, I really, I what really, surprise. yeah, I, I enjoy like the antagonistic. If you die in this podcast, you die in real life. You know <laughs> that, right? Yeah. I enjoy the antagonistic. Take. The I enjoy the uh, the like the view of what the what the future is going to look like when things go bad. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Right. And of course, I love Gary Busey. So, um, to me, to me, I'm going to give this an eight on the corn dog. Oh, wow. God damn. Yeah. All right. Well, eight on the corn dog meter. I feel like really we could probably talk about this movie for a couple more hours. Forever. Forever. Uh, But I don't want to do that. I'm tired. (laughs) Um, So let's let's give some closing thoughts. Ryan, like what are your closing thoughts on this film? Um, my closing thoughts on this film are that I think um, Gary Busey is a national treasure and, you know, his style is a little bit wacky, a little bit quirky. He's a little bit unorthodox, but when he spits coffee out on the floor for no reason, I'm in, you know, and I think if Christian movies hope to get people like me to convert, they need more Busey. Then you are PC. I like that. Alistair? Uh, this is a way better film than the... It was way more entertaining than the the other one, um, Matter of Faith. Uh, obviously, like Ryan was saying, the Busemeister in there made it very entertaining. Um... There was a yeah, I don't know. There was just there's just a lot more happening. It may not still made sense. Um Okay, so yeah, that concludes the second episode of the Journal of Christian Cinema. I just wanna thank all of our Twitter followers, all of our listeners. It's really cool seeing our plays go up and knowing that people out there are listening. Uh wanna give a quick shout out to Alistair. PP on my Wii Wii was the summer banger of 2020, so you guys got to have a little taste of that. And uh, we'll see you two weeks from now when we review the Nicolas Cage Christian epic Left Behind. All right, guys, take it easy out there. Yeah,